Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's Dave Tuttle and the Astros' master of banter, Blummer. Cord. Heading into the bleachers, into the bleachers and beyond. That's only a dad would say something like that. Anyways, <laughs> uh, welcome to the bleachers. This is the Bleacher Blums podcast. We are up on episode, I give up after 100. I think we're 109, 110. 109, I believe, yeah. 109. So uh, we, we're killing it. We're having a lot of fun doing it. And uh, we appreciate all the fans who continue to download and subscribe because you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And of course, we have joined the Social Nostra Network on YouTube. So if you go subscribe to the Social Nostra Network, you'll be updated when Bleacher Blums comes out. And obviously, we have both the audio and video side, which have been going extremely well. My name is Jeff Blum. I played 14 years in Major League Baseball. And now I am currently, as you heard in the open, the master of banter for the Houston Astros. And I'm joined by a very good friend in David Tuttle, who played collegiately, played for Team USA, drafted traded just didn't get the break to crack through into the major leagues but uh, always a pleasure having him on and we've actually even though we've only done 109 podcasts and only I mean it's it feels like a ton to us is it maybe before we did even episode number one we had been doing our own private episodes in the parking lot uh, as we were dropping both our kids off at school where we initially met but it's good to be on with you again good buddy how is my co-host doing David Tuttle Doing great, man. Doing great. I mean, uh, I, 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 I echo your thoughts. I mean, we kind of had this in the uh, incubator, I guess, for lack of a better word, uh, it, for a while. And, uh, you know, I, I think the response has been, I guess, better than I ever expected. And, you know, obviously you have some notoriety there in Houston, but I think the key is that, you know, we're two guys that get along really well. And uh, we were having these conversations anyway, and, and people do value our our insight, not only into baseball, but maybe, you know, raising multiples and, you know, being fathers and, you know, kind of navigating this world. And in, in, in what will Tuttle say this week, I was going to, again, talk about the, uh, the moral compass that we can use to guide ourselves and, uh, and how it seems to go astray in this uh, click happy world. So um, yeah, you know, always a pleasure to be with you. And uh, I think, like you said, we, we, we had incubated this for a long time and now at a hundred, uh, 109 episodes, it doesn't really seem, I mean, it hasn't been a chore at all, um, yeah. you know, and it's been a slow, gradual kind of, you know, uh, uptake with the uh, listeners as well. So, uh, Blummer, great to be in the bleachers with you. Yeah, it is. And it's been a lot of fun because uh, I agree with you in the sense that uh, the initial reaction was much greater than I even anticipated. Uh, I thought it was just something that we would do and be kind of cathartic and get us back in touch and reengaged in our friendship. But then people started showing up and now you feel the obligation to be able to do that. And I mean, we've touched on NFL drafts to the Super Bowl to NBA, you know, stuff like that. And then we go from the Astro sign stealing scandal to COVID era baseball. Uh, it's kind of fun to bring all those things in and that's exactly what we would do out there at the parking lot uh, yeah. as our wives were texting us trying to figure out where the hell we were and if we could bring home a certain produce or milk from the supermarket if we were going to be out that long i thought you dropped the kids <laughs> off a half hour ago yeah yeah, yeah. exactly just, where are you parking lot in the parking lot talking to blummer you know 
we got a lot of stuff to catch up on. So yeah, no, I agree with you. And it's funny because the pandemic has affected many, many things, but uh, you know, initially doing the podcast, I remember, you know, getting the microphone and having everything dialed in. And I think we've just also adapted to the <laughs> zoom world and uh, yeah. anybody that watches this on social Nostra can see, you know, we got just uh, earbuds or AirPods, and uh, we're just, we're just, you know, kind of going off the cuff, even though we do uh, put some time and energy, but we certainly value the folks that join us. Uh, join the podcast with us and uh, hopefully we're still providing some entertainment even though we're not spending as much time in our cars or traveling so <laughs> exactly yeah not getting out in the world someday that'll happen and california is showing progress uh, governor governor uh, newsom out there uh, governor governor's newsom for california has uh, mentioned that uh, fans will be going to events out there in california which is fantastic news uh, texas has lifted the mask mandate and it's 100 percent open and again that is, even though that's a statewide policy, I mean, it's kind of funny that people are freaking out. Oh my God, we don't care. We care. We're just taking it upon ourselves. And each business owner is saying, if, you know, I still roll in, uh, in Houston here with a mask. And I understand that if that property says, you know, conceal your firearm or don't bring it in and wear a mask, I can do that. I'm okay with it because I appreciate the business they're putting out there. So I will, I will adhere to whatever the mandate is of that particular business. You, you just do that so you don't get mobbed. Like, isn't that Jeff Blum? I can't tell. He's wearing a mask. <laughs> I, uh, I, can't, I think that looks like Blummer. No, no, no. <sighs> I can't really tell. Um, you know, it's funny you said that is I, I heard a, a little news blip today, and maybe this is what you're referencing is uh, Starbucks and Target and some of the bigger retailers are saying, look, you're still wearing a mask in our um, in our facilities. And, and to your point, we've we've said this all along. I mean, that's what we like about sure. the living in a land of democracy and freedom and corporate capitalism is that, you know, they can stipulate what they want for their business and we can oblige or not. And, uh, you know, if we don't oblige by their rules and maybe they don't let us in. So um, I didn't know that. I mean, I know California is way behind the times and they are talking about um, uh, lifting some of the, uh, the bands and things. But uh, I don't think we've lifted the mask band. I think we're just uh, mm -hmm. kind of lessening the social distancing. And I read an article last week saying that the summer and I think I mentioned it last podcast should be a fantastic summer in the sense that you know, people are going to be outdoors, Men, many of the like high risk population and, you know, frontline workers and healthcare workers will be yeah. vaccinated at that point. Many of them already are. So uh, I, I'm hoping they're lifting it because they do see the curve flattening, um, which we've been trying to do for a long time. And, you know, they're basing this on some science things, some science items that's like out of our realm of expertise, right. That, you know, all that stuff over there. Um, yep. but anyway, but yeah, it is, it's nice to see that, uh, there may be some semblance of order. Now, my mom did ask me again about those cardboard cutouts and based on everything that's happening at Minute Maid Park, it sounds like you're not going to need yeah. cardboard cutouts. You're just going to let everybody go in. I don't know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, dude. Cause I was, I was kind of anticipating that too. You know, the closer you get to season, the more you hear about season tickets, the more you hear about number of people that are going in there. And initially when we, we talked about 2021 having fans, you know, it, the Astros were anticipating nine, 10,000, which would be 25% of their capacity. And now after March 10th, it's going to be, Hey, whatever you feel comfortable with to, to go with it is. And I don't anticipate it being opening day of 42,000 people. Uh, but I, I would imagine maybe you get maybe 15,000, you know, all of a sudden that number kind of moves a little bit. And I think that's, what's interesting, but I have not heard about the cardboard cutout. Um, but what I do know and this may be something that you and I work out personally is that when we are in Minute Maid Park, we obviously call the game from the booth. And 
the Astros know who to get the cardboard cutouts from. So my idea is if they don't do cardboard cutouts is, is that we get the Tuttle, you know, Jenna and your mom cardboard cutout and I have them in the booth with me. You know, I think that might be the way to go in order to get them on in the stadium watching games and we can make your mom happy. And then when they're done at the stadium, I'm just going to go ahead and place them right there uh, in those two seats during our podcast. podcast. There you go. My mom's my mom's taking this seriously uh, also to help the, uh, you know, the, uh, the organizations as well. So she's looking mm-hmm. at San Francisco as well. And San Francisco may be a good spot to do that still because I don't know if they'll have the same uh, policy, but I told her to get on, you know, I mean, you're not the expert on it, even though you'll hear some things. And so I told her to get on like a minute Maid park, like Houston Astros season ticket holder mm-hmm. hotline, or, you know, find out what they're doing. Oh, but yeah. I agree with Good you. Call. I mean, gosh, with Texas at 40,000 capacity, minute Maid park, I mean, if they open the floodgates, you know, that place will be full. So they, they're going to have to, they're going to have to put the dampers on it. Yeah, I agree. You got to temper your excitement a little bit, but it's kind of funny. It, it's, it's incredible incredibly funny given the time. And I know that, you know, topics are kind of thin right now for us, but this just totally, it, it popped into my head because, <laughs> because spring, spring break is next week for my family. And we are, my oldest daughter is a junior. We're talking about schools. We're actually going to go visit a couple here in Texas. We're going to go to UT. We're going to go to Texas tech. She wants to check out Sam Houston state, which are all within driving distance. But the reason I bring that up is because there have been articles. I don't know if you've read them out there in California or whoever, you know, if somebody's listening, Listening to this in Taiwan, there are actual Texas A&M, I think, was the first one that came out and, go, and said, guess what? Full capacity football games when football season starts again. So that is what? That's August. That's fall of 2021. And they've already said we are going to be a capacity. If you can get a ticket and you can get in the stadium, we're going to take it. And that's a, that's close to that's over 100,000 people, I think, in that stadium in A&M. Yeah, Alabama said the same thing. They're a little more national. Well, of course, Obviously, yeah. not in UT, but they already publicized that. The funny thing is, we were so, we as a population, we as a, an American citizen, we're so like, I can't believe they're locking us down. This is crazy. And then people like, you know, some people wearing masks, careful. And then they're like, oh, we can go to the football game. Yeah, everybody go. Like, let's just jump right in. Like, you know, <laughs> they don't gates. trust science. Like, I think this might be a conspiracy, you know, this Could COVID you, what, thing. How I'm would you really feel sure. if you walked into someplace and there were 100,000 people? Oh I'd be God. like, what the, what the? <laughs> I'd be like, I just haven't seen this many people in one place. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's going to be nuts. So, yeah, I mean, they're looking at August. So, again, I think. It'll be interesting to see how gradual it is. And uh, I did read another article about the AAA season being pushed back till May 1st. And I'm wondering if that is, those guys will be in camp, they'll be in spring training, but I'm wondering if that's just a venue thing. And, you know, the capacity, obviously, at uh, AAA or minor league baseball Mm -hmm. is not as significant as uh, the the highest levels. So it'll be interesting to see how that that affects everything, right? I, I mean, I don't know if they just want to keep it for a revenue stream. And so they want to wait till mm-hmm. there's more, um, I guess, information and ability to have more fans in. So that'll be, you know, look at all these topics. We didn't have a topic when we started. Now we're like, boom, nothing, boom, right? boom. We got all these things jump from one to the next. So it's, yeah. uh, it's wait to, uh, I guess to be determined, right? Wait and see. Yeah. Everything. I feel COVID COVID is code for TBD um, it, to be determined. Um, the other thing we learned is that we talked about on this podcast too, is DWI and not in the Tony LaRusso sense, but more in the deal with it sense. Um, and you know, that's just how it is. We got to learn to deal with it. It's day by day. 
you know, the, the alternate site. Dear, first thing, can we please have a minor league uh, season? For the love of God, I know it's condensed. There's only going to be four, three or four teams per organization. Um, talking to a couple of prospects today for Astro Line, I got to talk to Corey Lee, a catcher in the Astros organization, and Alex Santos, a 19-year-old pitcher. Uh, you know, with Dominican—I mean, not Dominican—Puerto Rican roots, who lit, who grew up in the Bronx, a block, you know, two blocks away from Yankee Stadium. So I'm starting to get invigorated, and I'm and I'm excited to hear these guys talk because both of them did not get to play in 2020. And I would love to have a minor league season because it's going to be necessary for the depth of these organizations to have guys playing, not to mention what it means to every city that hosts a minor league team and what it means for the character building and physical building of these young athletes, man. Yeah. And I think with attrition, I mean, we talked about me playing, you know, nine years professional baseball and not cracking the, uh, cracking the ceiling there to make it into the major leagues. But, you know, I mean, it was my profession for a long time. And I think, we always talk about expansion, right? Hey, let's expand major league baseball to 34 teams or 36 teams. What this does, because there is going to be obviously less teams in the minor leagues. And I think it makes it more prospect heavy in a good way. I mean, I've always been a proponent of having the best guys there. And so these cities are going to get to see guys that are actually going to play. And, you know, I think most of those cities had guys that were going to play. I don't mean it like that, but, there was some sometimes, you know, even on teams I was on, I consider myself, you know, one of the better players and had a chance to make it, you know, uh, but you know, there were some roster fillers for lack of a better word. And I think if nothing else, the pandemic has certainly pared down the, you know, they pared down the, uh, the talent or I guess made the parody better, improve the talent pool. And now I think these cities, like you said, to your point, let's have a season, let's have a minor league season because these cities benefit that host, but also the the major league organizations are going to get to see these guys who, you know, need some experience, right? I mean, how do you get better mm-hmm. at your craft if you're not playing? No, amen to that. And, and you want those guys, uh, you know, we've talked about it. I mean, shoot podcast long time ago when we were talking about our minor league careers, a lot of what dictates how you get to the big leagues, obviously is performance, but it's number of at bats. It's numbers of, of innings pitched uh, for a pitcher. And these guys need the reps. They need the experience. And, uh, but it is going to be better because you are, you know, in double AA, A, triple A, I believe you do have those roster fillers, those guys that just get bounced back and forth because guys get called up, injuries, and they just need bodies to go out there and fill out a roster. So you do have some of those veteran guys or guys that are younger but not very good and just kind of mix in and provide, you know, backup if they need it. Because, the, like Tuttle is saying, the best players in the organization are going to play every single day. They are yeah. mandatory to go out there and get their appearances and get their at bat. The only thing I worry about is in those lower levels, you know, the uh, the Arizona Summer Leagues, the Florida State, you know, Florida Summer Leagues where they have these extended springs is where you have some of these younger guys who are maybe underdeveloped physically and all of a sudden they just – you know, uh, late bloomers for lack of a better word is they just all of a sudden blossom into these athletes and you're like, Hey, look what we've got here. We found a diamond in the rough. And I think that's where you kind of, you'll probably lose some of those guys a little bit, unless there's independent baseball or they get scouted later in their career or choose to go to college, who knows, but that's really the only thing. Cause I think you're right in the sense that double A, triple A, they needed to trim down and make sure prospects were in those yeah, and, and I think you nailed it. I mean, I think the diamonds and the roughs are the guys that will get missed out. And and not to diminish roster fillers, I, I was probably a roster filler, but the reason you're a roster filler in AAA is that if you're 
doing the job, they can call you up and feel comfortable doing that as well. So, I mean, there are roster fillers. In I was in a similar spot. In, no, I was in a similar spot to Tuttle's point. I was in a similar, similar spot because I was in my second and a half year in triple a, I was playing every day, but I wasn't a, a guy anymore until Orlando Cabrera broke his ankle and they, they called me up. Yeah. And, and I think that's what I mean. So uh, uh, you're right. You're not going to get that 17 year old skinny kid that throws 89 that could develop and throw 97 with mm-hmm. a little muscle and a little innings under his belt and all that, unless he goes, like you said, to the Dominican Academy or, you know, he stays on that, that, um, you know, that trajectory. But I, I, like I said, we've always said in major league baseball, you know, I guess when Seattle lost the supersonics, right. I know it went to OKC, but you know, the expansion, um, challenges the the depth right i mean it challenges the the i guess the it doesn't challenge the depth depth it challenges the uh talent pool and uh you know dilutes it a little bit if you're going to start putting 35 36 37 teams then you're not getting always the cream of the crop or the best players and i think this is going to benefit everybody if they're able to your original point get the season going in the minor leagues at these levels because now they only have three or four teams but you know, you just got on Astro line with two prospects that didn't even play last year that the Astros believe in that they want to help them win a world series or world championship. And if these guys aren't playing, you know, I mean that they're suffering. Yeah. Big time. It's all about getting reps and it's, and it's, it's for these cities too, to be able to, to see these guys, baseball is entertaining and it's a lot of fun in these smaller cities that where you do have a minor league team to go, Oh man, I remember watching Tuttle play there. Now I'm listening to his podcast. You know, you create that, uh, that family culture and uh, spring training has started. It's going, I, I don't know if you've been paying much attention, but I've, I've been absolutely fascinated by the idea that they are playing five, seven inning games uh, the first couple of weeks of spring just to make sure that everybody's ready and not exhaust these guys because you got to play nine innings for the integrity of the, of the game or whatever it is. But uh, these are special times and I, I like that adjustment. Uh, the Astros have been playing. They uh, they're doing all right. They're just getting guys in and out. Uh, but uh, Framber Valdez is probably the biggest news right now because and totally, you, you might want to talk to this a little bit as a pitcher. Uh, granted, you didn't pitch in the shift era where it feels like there's either a shortstop or second baseman playing directly behind you on every single pitch. Uh, Framber Valdez threw a pitch and it was a one hopper back to him. He puts his bare hand up. Uh, it ricochets off his hand and he kind of shakes it a little bit, continues to pitch, finishes the outing. And guess what? Broken finger. He's got a busted finger and he might have to have surgery to repair it. So that's really the uh, biggest news that has come out of Astro camp. And I think it's, uh, what do you got? No, just going to, you you know, you're asking me, I mean, so this is something that, you know, they, they scold you in the dugout, right? Like, (laughs) Oh man, don't ever reach out your bare hands. All the the infielders behind you were like, yeah, but this is an instinct. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe it's a hundred percent an instinct. And I will tell you this, I mean, uh, the first time my wife came out to Tucson to watch me play, um, I was excited. She was not my wife at the time. So, you know, girlfriend in the stands, like, you know, she wasn't there the whole time. Yeah. And I went in and threw a pitch and I don't remember who it was. Somebody smoked one that would have hit me in the forehead. And I just, I reached up and caught it and, you know, and then ran off the field or whatever. And that happens a lot. So people say, well, if it's a two hopper, let it go. And if it's a line drive, you know, just defend yourself. It's like the ball's coming at you. I mean, you've been playing whatever sport since you were, you know, could walk. I mean, it, I just, 
I don't like the fact that we're blaming him or whatever. And, you know, I haven't seen that end in too many careers. I mean, that's going to heal up yeah. and he'll be fine. Now, when he'll be fine, who knows? And, you know, when you have good velocity and, you know, you're putting stress on that hand or that finger or the arm, yeah. it's certainly, um, you have to be careful with it, but I guess I, I just, the first thing that stood out to me is, you know, I've had that where coaches, you go back to the dugout and he's like, don't you reach out with your bare <laughs> hand. Just let that ball go. Even if it's a hit. And I'm like, Dude, I mean, I wish I could, but, you know, yeah. you just keep your mouth shut in a situation like that. And that's unfortunate for Frommer, but, I mean, he would probably do it again at the end of the year oh, in the yeah. World Series if, you know, you know, well, I don't know. Maybe there's that voice in your head where they say, uh, you know, don't reach out for the ball. But I, I, I just, I don't know. It's instinct. And if it's not hit that hard or you don't think it's hit that hard, you're going to reach for it. And it's also self-preservation too, man. Let's be honest. Absolutely. You know, a, a, a hard baseball coming at you, you're going to be like, hey, man, get up, you know, yeah. try and I mean, were there away. things like that as a position player? I got to imagine there were things where the skipper called you and down, hey, Blummer, you know, when you're over there on that side of the infield, you know, let if you're playing short in the third baseman's area, you're playing third and you dive mm -hmm. for a ball and it tips your glove and goes the outfield, they're going to be like, Blummer, don't dive there. The shortstop's right there. He's going to throw no. him out easy. And you're like, no, they don't tell you that. You're just – you're trying to make a play. They're trying to make a play. Anything third baseman can get, they get. If not, not – I mean, was there anything – I'm just trying to think because we, we used to no, get that's the only time. that one all the time. No, that's really the only time is when you you have that crossover uh, with third base and shortstop, first base and second base, and they always would go, hey, check where your shortstop's playing. And you're like, dude, I did. But when the ball was hit, I said, get it and get it out. Right. <laughs> that, yeah. That's the only right. trigger I've got. So I went and I, and I tried and I, I ricocheted it. And yeah, I'm sure Adam Everett would have made a phenomenal, easy play on it. But you know what? In my mind, I was it. I was the last yeah. line of defense. I didn't know. You know, it, it would be refreshing now that we're having this conversation for a coach not to say anything. It'd be great. Like, you know, the first baseman cuts in front of the second baseman and, you know, throws the ball to the second base and the guy beats the throw. And mm. they're like, oh, you know, the second baseman could have made that play if he just hung out at first base. We would have got an out somewhere. It's like, <laughs> no, he's being aggressive. He's trying to make a play happen. He, where where the second baseman was, like you said, pre-pitch is different than where he is when the ball's hit. And, mm -hmm. you know, you just, you're just playing on instinct at that point. And I, I would relate Fromber's injury to that. And I think uh, it would be more refreshing if the coach said, hey, good try out there. Bummer, you broke your finger. I know. Yeah, and it's, it's true. And I guarantee you watch this entire season with as much shifting as going on. You're going to see a first baseman leave the line and cut off the second baseman and have to make some crazy flip to the pitcher as opposed to, like Tuttle is saying, where the second baseman would have st he's standing there picking his nose going dude i've got this thing just go stand on the base so i can throw it to you uh, and, and that one's going to happen all the time um we are also happy here on bleacher blums to let you know that we are brought to you by fabletics and i actually 15 minutes before the podcast scored some shorts that i'm gonna i'm not gonna show you all of them but i got my shorts on and i got my liner and stuff in and i went riding Dude, big day too. My 100th ride on Peloton. Um, but uh, I, I'm in a superb athlete and I am in shape and I make these shorts look good. Uh, you know, they're elastic, they're durable, they're great. They breathe well. I even got one of the shirts. I would have worn the shirt, but uh, I'm a little tingly after my sweat. But uh, they've done a very good job. And, I, and now that, uh, you know, some of these athletic companies are doing a good job of getting into pants. Uh, some of the joggers are cool, uh, but I got a pair of pants 
And I like the idea of wearing the pants or the slacks that I wear to golf to be able to wear to the studio. And they actually have a pair that are comparable to something that looks like a slack. So I was greatly appreciative of that. And of course, we know that if you join their VIP club and you get on, in on a monthly basis, you get 20 to 40% off and access to a lot more sales that are going on. But uh, we are pleased very pleased to have Fabletics representing and being sponsored on the Bleacher Blums podcast. Nice. I'm looking forward to uh, the arrival of my shipment as well. But I will say this. I mean, you know, whatever uh, slacks have changed, because I, I have a whole bunch of dress slacks in my closet. And um, I, you know, if it has belt loops and I can tuck a polo into it or a button down, it's slacks exactly. as far as I'm concerned. It's not And that's jeans. exactly what these things are. Yep. And Fabletics has those. And, uh, you know, I picked them out before they sent them over. And I'm looking forward to uh, to wearing those, like you said, to work and to the golf course and to everywhere else that I can, uh, you know, comfort is the name of the game, right? In this Ooh. kind of virtual, uh, like, part in the world, part out of the world. Uh, yep. And I'm, I'm really excited about that. And as I mentioned last podcast, the liner is key, man, for our fitness. Now we continue to talk about CrossFit, like Tuttle does CrossFit. He's been doing CrossFit. It keeps him young. Your Peloton, a hundredth ride. I mean, we're a hundred nine podcasts. I have a feeling with your hundredth ride on Peloton, you're going to be, you know, you're going to keep bleacher bums in the rear view mirror. You're going to have 110 <laughs> rides like 10 days from now and be like, see ya. But um, tell me what your experience has been. I mean, are you doing this just so that you can eat and drink? Or are you doing this to uh, shed some pounds or is it getting competitive for you? Give us a little insight into your, uh, to your workout world, the Peloton. And are you only doing the cycling part? That was the other question. Yeah. Strong, strong questions and a lot to unravel there because (laughs) when this pandemic started, the the gyms shut down. So we froze our gym account locally here. And, uh, but fortunately it was that time of year where we could still get outside, you know, as spring heading into summer, we have a lake out in front of our house. that has a two mile loop around it and a nice little walking running trail. So we've been doing that. And then summer hit. And you, I mean, you haven't experienced the full extent of a Houston summer yet. And once you get out there, you're a good five minutes into it and your shorts, your shoes and your shirt are just drenched. And so we were trying to figure out how do we compensate for that? Uh, we, we had investigated, you know, the mirrors, the the treadmills, the bikes. And I, you know, with the way my knees and back are, the way my wife's back is, we decided that the bike was going to be the best route. And initially I thought it was going to be a competitive type. I'm going to get after this thing. I'm going to ride it for 30 minutes and get me 15 miles a day in and stuff like that. But it's actually turned into more of an enjoyable experience where I get to sweat. Uh, The instructors are great. The music is phenomenal, uh, even though they don't play Chevelle. Uh, But uh, other than that, they've got some great play. The uh, the Chevelle, uh, uh, yeah, uh, the right whatever album. Uh, what is what do they call it? The Chevelle uh, anthologies uh, or whatever they anthology. are. Anthology. Yeah, they haven't bought their uh, <laughs> yeah the rights to that um, yet. Or, I mean, um, yeah, well, they're just not. I mean, they're good, but they're not really like as you know broad gotcha. spectrum as they should be. But I'll put in a special request, which I'm sure will go straight to the top. Catalog. Sorry, they haven't bought yeah. the Chevelle catalog yet. That's there what you I was go. I guess. All right. So but, continue uh, on. So you thought you were going to get after it and kick ass and. Yeah. yeah. So I do, I do do well at it and I enjoy it and it's easy on my body. You know, my joints aren't killing me, uh, but we've also gotten uh, some uh, dumbbells. So I've got dumbbells in the house and we actually have a part of our master bedroom that's big enough to have the bike and dumbbells and yoga mats and the whole thing to be able to do like a little indoor workout. And uh, it turns out that that Peloton screen moves and has various strength, core, 
upper body, yeah. lower body, body weight, weights, um, and yoga classes on there. So that's what I've been doing. Nice. So you'll do, do like a 30 I minute ride. I do work out to drink. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, who doesn't? <laughs> um, you, uh, I mean, come on, we're not going to retire from eating and drinking. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the uh, screen spins around, like you said, but I think the key is because a lot of people use their Pelotons. I'm only doing spin classes, but I have seen some of the new Peloton, like some of the, the fitness classes, like you said, with just dumbbells and body weight stuff, push-ups, mm -hmm. sit-ups. So you can do like a 30-minute ride. That class is oh, over, oh, yeah. move to another class where you're doing like dumbbells and weights. And so you can, you know, you can you can have a total body workout and experience right from the comfort of your own home. My challenge has been, and I'd love to hear um, – you respond to this as well. And I always say this cause I do enjoy CrossFit. When the pandemic hit, I had a barbell and some weights at the house, but I'm mostly body weight. I have a weight vest. I'm just kind of do these workouts. And I always say, if we're able to work out in the garage or in the backyard, it's always just a little too close to the beer fridge. And I know you have an extensive <laughs> beer fridge full of St. Arnold is that that that's, I still go to the CrossFit box or the CrossFit gym because I get away from that. And so working out in my master bedroom, um, maybe not the beer fridge, but the bed is right there. And you're like, mm. Ooh, I rode for 30 minutes. The shower's right there. I can be done. And you're like shower, then bed. It's like, are you able to stay focused enough? And it's, you have your time set aside and you're mentally tough enough, I guess is the word. Cause I yeah. feel like I just need to have the social aspect. I got to go to the gym. I got to have somebody tell me what to do. How do you, how do you, um, how do you function in that environment or is it, you know, day to day? Uh, you know what? At the gym, I'm not a social guy. I don't know why or what, or if it's just because of the past and how we worked out where you get, the reason you went to the gym is to get a job done and accomplish something and get out of there. So I've always been a guy that even, you know, at the local gyms and uh, around town, I would just go in, get my work done, get out. And uh, now it's even easier for me, but yeah, the, the, it's convenient and great having something like that in your house. But at the same time, you're like, Oh, if I don't do it now, the bike's going to be there in two hours. I can go do it later. And then two hours yeah. later, you're like, yeah, you know, I could, I could do that for 20 minutes, but man, I'd much rather go over here and, you know, look out the window and stare at my phone and go through Twitter or something, you know, it's, it's e That's the, probably the biggest problem is it's easier to find distractions like you're saying, but uh, the beauty of it is, is that we've got it pointing out the window. So I'm staring at the pool. I'm staring at the, you know, the palm trees and the, the joy that is outside and I'm going, okay, I don't have to be out there because it's 105 degrees or yeah. I'm in there going, thank God it's uh, snowing outside and I, I'm inside, you know, which is just bizarre to think about. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I think it's a good, I mean, obviously it's the, it's the right answer, right? Cause it's your answer, but uh, my wife's the same way. I'm, I, I like a little, and maybe it's cause I found CrossFit and all that. Like I was oh, never a boot camp person. I walk, I walk outside with the dog every single day, weather permitting. Cause I mean, that's, oh, another, yeah. I love being outside. Oh yeah. Yeah. We go outside. Yeah. I just mean from a social aspect because I'm more of a, I never thought of myself as a social exerciser. I don't like 24 hour fitness, but you know, CrossFit is, you know, 10 people and it's the, you know, it's a constantly varied workout. The trainer runs you through a program and, you know, I've seen good results as well, meaning, you know, I've gained muscle and lost body fat and all that stuff. So there's, there's something else that keeps me going, but I do like the socializing before, even sometimes during the competitive nature of I'm going to beat that guy or, you know, I'm going to tell him how old I am after he beats me. Um, that's usually my favorite. Like, oh, yeah, you're like 20 years up younger than people. me. No, I'm kidding. But, um, <laughs> but my wife's the same way as you are. She did a lot of triathlons when she was younger. 
Oh, wow. Um, and so she, well, not, not the full, you know, I mean, half triathlons, things like that, no, but that was still. her things, swimming, biking, running. And she still same thing, like earbuds and a good book on audible. And she leaves the house at six in the morning, you know, goes for an hour run and comes back and feels like a, you know, like a world champion because she didn't have to talk to anybody. She didn't have to deal with the kids Didn't have to, <laughs> she, that's her thing. And it sounds like you work out like that too. And yeah. so you don't have to keep yourself accountable every single day, but you got to keep yourself accountable three, four days a week where you're like, you know what? I don't feel like doing it at 6am, but at 7am, I'm getting my ass on that bike. And, and, mm. you know, with earbuds, like you said, and some music and, you know, you can make it happen. And that's, that's a, that's a really good thing. I struggle with that personally. Um, so once I start the car and I head to the gym, then that's my commitment. Cause I'm already there. Start to lock so, in. Uh, we all got our thing, man. We all got our thing, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And it sounds like you do get uh, a fair enough. Um, you, you keep yourself accountable often enough so yeah. that you can uh, have drinks on the weekend, which again, yeah. the most important part of this whole subject. And you know what? I'm not, I, you know, I'm not going to try and, you know, hide from it. I like looking presentable. You know what I mean? You know, I like that. I don't, I haven't had to change t-shirt sizes or pant sizes. You know, I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to be derog- you know, negative or yeah. arrogant yeah. or whatever it is, but you know, we, we've grown up in a, in a professional sport at the highest levels. And, and I, I, I enjoy the way I am put together. You know, I want to try and maintain that as often as I can, you know, at first it started out as competitive. Uh, I can still do stuff. So I'm going to stay in shape. And then all of a sudden I was like, man, the older I got, the harder I had to work. And I was like, okay, at least I'm seeing the dividend where I can actually maintain a decent appearance, at least for me. Cause I mean, you know, everybody else may see it some other way, but for me, I feel that I'm strong. I feel like I'm, I have endurance and, you know, I, so I'm not upset with myself and uh, I look forward to the day. So no, there's definitely some vanity involved, but, um, and I don't mean mm-hmm. vanity, like looking in the mirror. I, no, mean, but it's we true. Want to- I mean, I'm on TV. I'm always like, you know, yeah. you, if you're on TV or you're doing these, you're like, you yeah. this is a world where selfies rule the day. And okay. in zoom meetings, we're always looking at ourselves. So, I mean, it's, it's yep. there. But so you want to, we can get this in a little kind of the area where I work, but it's like, uh, you know, vanity is the wrong word, but there's some self-preservation and certainly there's an appearance. That's a better way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I look at it now because I'm a little older having kids that are younger, my college roommates, kids are out of the house, right? They're already um, in college or beyond. And, you know, I'm the same age as he is and I've got 11 year olds and 15 year olds and, you know, all, all, you know, and they'll be gone soon enough. I'm not trying to advocate for that, but my thing, and I learned this from the gym from CrossFit as well, is I'm really going for the maintain now. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. when I was 40, 41, 42, maybe there was still some of that, like, Oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get a PR today and I'm going to get stronger and this and that now, you know, when I'm, when the kids come home from college, I want to be coherent and I want to be able to understand, you know, what TikTok is and all, you know, I want to be mentally sharp and physically sharp. But I also, like I said, I, I mean, I think it's self-preservation. Our, our, our healthcare industry has been reactionary, right? And it's more simple when you're like, Hey, I broke my finger. Oh, let me go get the finger fixed. Well, we treat that with other stuff too. Like, you know, your blood pressure is high, you know, you haven't been eating well, but you wait till you get a heart flutter or you wait till, you know, your knee swells up and you go to the doctor and go, Hey, what should I do? And the doctor's like, Hey, you got to lose 20 or 30 pounds. You know, I mean, that's what you have to do to make yourself better. And people, you know, I, I see people. And again, this isn't a, 
a criticism of society in general, but you see people that, you know, age 35, 40, they've packed it in already and they're on the scooter at target. And you mm. just wonder when that happened. Like, look, my ankles swollen, my knees swollen. I know I'm overweight, but you know what? And so it is, there's the, I would like personally to live to a hundred and be coherent. And so what are you doing kind of on a daily basis to, you know, to make that happen? And so, like I said, that may not be the goal for everybody, but to your point, I mean, that is ultimately why you work out. There's, I, I got to look good. I want to feel good. And I think when you look good and you feel good, you end up eating better. Cause you're like, dude, I just spent an hour on that. It changes Peloton. your focus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not going to go out and just kill some pizza and beer. Like, you know, you know, you're going to, you're going to be like, Oh, point. I need a smoothie or I need to stay fresh. So anyway, mm-hmm. so we, we went down on a tangent, but I, I'm impressed that you're in your zone when you're working out and you keep yourself accountable. And I think that's the most important thing for you, for me, for anybody that's listening to this, like just try and start habits that are going to be um, beneficial in the long run and, and small habits can change other things. Oh too, man, so. you ain't lying. Yeah. No, right. You I, eat well. I, your that's actually great. Well. No, that, that's uh, that the small habits, you know, will change bigger habits and create better habits. Um, that's always been like, you know, in baseball, it's always funny to me to ask guys, what are your goals for the season? You know, you can maybe ask that, you know, in football, what's your goals for the season? Cause you only got 18 games to go out there and yeah. do it. And basically you've got 162 and it's easy to be deterred from that goal. And that's why when I talk to guys, I ask them that. And I love the guys that go, I'm taking it 10 at bats at a time. Uh, or the guy that goes this month, I want to hit, three home runs. I'm like, this is beautiful because that's actually number one, it's attainable and you can keep track of it, but it, it just, it's so much better for the mind to go, okay, I, this is where I'm looking to. That's it. Once I get there, we'll create a new one or we'll just repeat it. And I think that's what creates that good habit. So I thought that was a really good quote. Well, and I think what you said too, though, you know, we've said the GP before, but now we're part of the general population. I mean, we have a real job yep. and we're, you know, not on television or not, you know, traveling by bus, you know, through medicine hat either. So, um, in all these places we go. Um, but I think that, you know, the accountability in work, like having a real job, we, our manager and our management team, we talk about smart goals all the time, which is, you know, um, Yes. Yeah. Right. So you might have that too, right? It's attainable. And what are the, what are the tactics that you're going to use and, you know, how can you do that? So, I mean, they talk about using smart goals, which are things that are uh, attainable and measurable uh, essentially. I mean, it's an right. acronym, but I don't want to bore everybody, but you know, like, Hey, let's put a goal. Like you said, 10 at bats or this month, I want to hit three home runs at the end of the month. You can say, Hey, did I, or did I not hit the three home runs? Because as you said, if your goal is like, Hey, you know, I just, I just want to stay on the team and be in the big leagues or whatever it is. That's not really measurable. So you want something that's um, specific and measurable, attainable um, that you can affect and that you can look back on and go, okay, I hit two home runs this month, but I realized what I was doing and I can, you know, head towards this goal by doing this, this, and this. And I think that, you know, in the real world, as I said, in the GP, we're supposed to be using these smart goals because they are measurable and there mm-hmm. there's a way to attain them. You don't always do that, but then, you know, you put a plan in place to do, to do just that. So I think, like you said, some of the ball players are ahead of their time, or at least understand yeah. how to set goals, especially in baseball, where I've said a million times, like the win loss record is hilarious for a pitcher. Cause I've had better years with a worse record and worse <laughs> years with a better record because, you know, telling you, I want to get five wins this month from the mound. I mean, 
so many yes, variables. Can, yeah, it's I can do that, but I better have a good team and I better get lucky. Whereas, <laughs> hey, I want to have an ERA of this, or I don't want, you know, I have a whip of this, or I don't want to walk anybody, you know, for my next three mm -hmm. starts. Like I'll there just give in. And if I give up a home run, I give up a home run. Like those are things you can do. But saying I want to win three games isn't really in baseball as a pitcher, not a good goal <laughs> to put yeah. out there, right? That'll happen if you do the other thing. So. Yeah, it'll all go in, in, in the shape it should be. And uh, are you ready at this point for uh, the favorite segment of this show? Because I, th I think that we're ready for what will Tuttle say, man. Yeah, I mean, I've been talking the whole time. I mean, what, what, what will Tuttle say? What won't Tuttle say? Um, you know, my goal or my goal. How about that? I was going to give you a smart goal. No, my uh, <laughs> my topic for uh, what will Tuttle say actually transitions well or uh, uh, relates well to what we were just talking about, health and wellness. Um, well, the best thing, you know, I guess we might as well we can call the segment like the best thing Tuttle saw this week was uh, Trey Mancini got a standing ovation, even though there was like 20 people there. Right. There was dude, 20. Great, great yeah. call bringing this up, dude. This is, this okay. is a great story. Good for yeah, you. So, and so again, it's personal for me. I've mentioned this to you before. My dad died of colon cancer about 17 years ago. And, um, you know, I work in that industry now. So I just thought mm -hmm. what more way this month happens to be colorectal cancer awareness month. So I'm tying my oh, job wow. into the podcast as well, but, uh, but Trey Mancini back to him. So, you know, you're not supposed to get screened when you're 27 years old for colon cancer, but he obviously had symptoms. It's uh, typically the, the most, let's see, how would I say? Oh yeah. It's the least prevented, but most preventable cancer. Meaning if you go to your physician every year and you get checked out and all this stuff, I mean, you can prevent it. Now, Trey Mancini is a little bit of an aberration, just like Katie Couric's husband was in that they're so young, right? 27, 28, you're not supposed to be developing colon cancer, but um, I guess, you know, so it's not a public service announcement, but watching him get a standing ovation from the few people there and seeing how he, um, they got it in the nick of time, essentially. So stage one and two. I think the cure, the five-year survival rate at stage one and two is like 90%. Um, oh. Stage three is like 71%. Stage four is 14% survival rate. Dang. So he got it at stage three. So it hadn't moved around his body. He went through whatever his treatments were. And uh, to watch him get there, you know, get out there and hit a baseball. And, you know, this is a guy who's worked hard. There was a fantastic article in The Athletic about how he wasn't recruited by his home state, Florida, mm -hmm. any of the Florida schools, Florida State, UF, ended up going to Notre Dame, getting injured at Notre Dame, his draft stock fell. I mean, you guys can read the article. Um, you may have already read the article, but this is a guy who paid his dues, finally made it to the Orioles, got a contract that was you know, worth something, some value, $3 million, $4 million, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and then was diagnosed with col colorectal cancer. So um, he came back. I mean, he's, I guess he's cancer free at this point and got a hit um, his second game back in the spring training for the Orioles. And we look for bigger and better things, but if there is not a more inspirational or motivational moment um, throughout this year, then we can, uh, we can rest our hat on that. And uh, obviously wishing nothing but the best for Trey and uh, his health and wellness and his uh, major league baseball career. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, of everything that is coming out in this 2021 season, that might be one of the better stories that does come out of it. And I hope it's one of those things that kind of perpetuates as we see him go throughout the season because he's going to put up numbers. He's the best He's the best offensive player that the Baltimore Orioles have. 
and he did he earned the right to become a prospect and now he's a legit uh, all-star presence in the Baltimore Orioles but uh, I did read the article that said that he got the standing ovation granted it was you know a smaller crowd than maybe it should be yeah. but that doesn't mean that you know when fans continue to show up to big league ballparks or spring training ballparks that they won't appreciate what he's done and you know the, the rigors of a, of a of a professional season are hard enough as it is. And then you put on top of that, the ridiculous rigors of beating any kind of cancer and what they have to go through and to then build your body back up to get back on a big league field. It's remarkable. And I, uh, man, great call. Trey Mancini, much, much love for that guy getting back out there and representing uh, that cancer can be beat. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, and again, typically cancer, it's not about, sometimes it's the fight in the person, but often it's when you catch it. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, colorectal cancer, as I mentioned, you know, you have no symptoms and we talked about the healthcare system before. It's typically when you have symptoms, when you go to the doctor. So again, we got to develop good habits, whether it be nutrition or fitness, or, you know, there was an article in men's health magazine, maybe when my dad was sick. So 20 years ago that I read that said, Hey, you know, the best birthday gift you can give yourself is, uh, going to, going to get your physical. So every year it's like, Hey, I'm going to treat myself. And you hate going to the doctor. You're like, Oh Oh, man. But I put it on the calendar somewhere around my birthday, a couple of weeks before, a couple of weeks after. And I realized that, you know what, that's the present you want to give yourself. So maybe that's TMI, but you know, make sure you're getting checked out and make sure you're uh, taking care of yourself. And we, we talked about it kind of prior to this, like, Hey, those little habits will translate into bigger habits. And, you know, if you go to see the doctor every year around your birthday, then, you know, maybe it becomes a habit that uh, ultimately saves your life or lets you uh, continue your major league baseball career. So uh, I'm glad you appreciate that. And that was a, that was kind of a, a really cool story. Yeah, that is a cool story. And this podcast feels really positive, by the way. I'm absolutely. Ooh, we got, it. We got uh, smiley and positive I know, fitness man. and health. So is Blum's Blast going to take us to the moon or is it going to bring us down? I don't know. It'll, it'll take us a little bit to the moon. I don't have much happen this week. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting time in our lives that I'm looking at colleges for my daughter, which is extremely exciting. But having so from October 1st of 2019 to March 20th of 2021, I will have only worked 60 baseball games. And that just, it's, it's, it's unfathomable that that is even an idea. So my blast today is go check out my Instagram, go check out my uh, Twitter uh, at Blummer 27 on both of those, because I have put out schedules, actual physical schedules that I know that will be, we will be broadcasting baseball games. It has taken for freaking ever to get a schedule finally uh, i can talk to my wife about what days we're going to have off or you know what events and schedule the kids summer around the baseball schedule and i also know what the hell i'm doing for spring training because i had no idea we were three games into it and i was kind of sitting there going okay i know we're going to do games but i just don't know when and uh, we finally found out so the the astros are going to be on at&t on the march 14th 15th 20th 22nd 25th and 29th i believe and I will be working the last four dates on that 
Uh, so that's exciting. And then, of course, the regular season is out there. So the only thing I'm just going to continue with the positive vibes and continue with, you know, everything trending in the right direction as far as, you know, that's a big social media word. Everything's trending. Uh, trending right now is the positive vibe here on this podcast as we head towards to uh, like a legitimate baseball season. Uh, we will not be in Florida for the call. I will be in studio doing it because of the COVID restrictions and maybe some other stuff involved there. But uh, uh, we will be in studio for those. But I just can't wait to uh, get my eyes on the game because I have been watching some of the games on uh, MLB Network and ESPN uh, and just kind of – I've got some FOMO right now, if I – full disclosure. I've got some FOMO. Yeah, I need nice. to get in on the action. Yeah. Got to see, see real baseball. Tell me um, what does the, I guess, uh, prognosis sounds very medical. It's been a medical podcast. What does the, uh, what's on the horizon for their thoughts? Are you, you'll be uh, in the stadium for home games, obviously. Yeah. And then will you That's be traveling question. or is that going to be in the studio as well? Like it was last year. As far as I know, everything. Yeah. We got to, yeah. If you have the dexterity to actually, cross your fingers which i can't like i have to bend you them cannot? physically wow. I've, bro- I've broken every like bone yeah. on this hand All right. my fielding hands yeah right. so yeah did you reach out don't... for a ball with uh with your bare hand like yeah things don't whatever. work no. no bad hops man always a bad hop <laughs> um as far as i know until told otherwise we are going to do home games when the regular season starts at minute Maid park and when they go on the road, we're going to go into studio. But the caveat might be up until All-Star break is what I'm hoping. Right. I'm, I'm kind of getting to All-Star break and then maybe a hard reset and we get back into the mode where we get to travel, which would be phenomenal because, you know, middle of July is All-Star break. And then you start going into some of these pennant races. And it'd be great to get into the environment with fans, visiting, yeah. uh, you know, stadiums and start to feel that vibe a little bit as teams start to go for these uh, pennants at the end of the season. But as of right now, same as last year, studio on the road, Minute Maid Park at home. Yeah, you got to figure if UT is going to let 100,000 people into the stadium <laughs> for football in August, that you guys, two radio, you know, a TV and a radio and a producer guy should be able to get on the plane and get into right? a stadium, right? Like, what the? Dude, all right, I'll, we're going to let 103,000. Oh, we're 17 masks if you want me to. I'll, I'll roll in there. Just let me in. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you got to figure. You got to figure that there's some. The science says one thing over here at U- University of Texas Stadium or in Alabama, <laughs> Tuscaloosa, but you guys can't fly up to Seattle and you know jump in a booth. I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see. But like you said, it. Uh, what did you say? DWI, man, deal with it. It's, oh, man, uh, that's it's, all it is, it's right? Going to be. Yeah, they'll tell you. They'll tell you when you can travel. And honestly, you even said this last year. You you have only worked sixty games. Now you know you're going to be working most of the games or all the games. But you know, maybe you won't travel as much. But uh, you might keep the uh, happy wife, happy life. You're home a little bit more. Or in your case, she enjoys it when you travel. And it's like you've she been does. home for three weeks and you're wearing me out. Yeah, so, no, I think anyway. they, they, she she she'll admit it. Yeah, my wife, she's not going to hold anything back. She she said it a couple of times. Yeah, it'd be great if you guys could go on the road. You know, yeah. almost to the point where I think she might be close to calling Jim Crane, going, "Hey, could you get these guys uh, on the road, please?" <laughs> So there we go. The petition for Corey to submit to uh, Jim Crane and the rest of Major League Baseball uh, broadcast teams like, hey, can these guys have their regular job back, please? We don't want to have them go. The studio's not far enough away. I mean, I just need yeah. like six days. I got to get the house clean. I got to make sure that you know the, <laughs> the girls are, you know, dialed in. Less laundry. And, yeah. Yeah, that's right. 
All right, All right my friend. I uh, I think uh, I think we've covered just about everything that we had on the agenda. And um, oh, you know what? There was one mailbag I was going to read to you, and I thought okay, it was, cool. might be a good way to end the podcast. From Tracy, Tracy G. We've seen her before. We've heard from her before. This is good. She's a school teacher. Um, I think last podcast we talked about the mask enforcement officer. <laughs> so right, she said, yeah. Hey, yeah. She said, Hey guys, I just listened to episode 108 and would like to know where to apply for the job of the mask enforcement officer. <laughs> as a, as a teacher, I have about six months of experience doing that oh very exact gosh, same right? job every day, multiple times a day to try and follow guidelines for safe schools. I will be available to start as soon as school gets out references references excuse me i can't read from any of my 40 40 students are available upon request <laughs> she said i just glad to <laughs> she said i just but i'm glad to know i have options after i retire hey i said it on the podcast live i said like who like how do you turn in a cv or a resume for this and i think tracy just answered the question she's been yeah, dealing with right? school children that don't wear their mask or they want to sip a water like hey that's the perfect mask enforcement officer. And I nominate Tracy, even though uh, it doesn't sound like she's ready to retire, but you know, at least for the summer, she could be the, uh, the Astros mask enforcement officer. But that is the beauty of it is that teachers might be the perfect candidate to be the mask police, because like Tracy said, she's already doing it in her classroom <laughs> and she has summers off when you're playing baseball. Oh, that's, right. yeah, that's yeah. ideal. I absolutely Perfect. love it. Yeah. So right. thank you, Tracy, for writing in. Yeah. We always appreciate you writing vote. in. Yeah, yeah dude, hands down. Vote. We're yeah. doing it right now. Yeah. So Bleacher yeah. Blums, right? Remember, get on the website, bleacherblums.com. There's a mailbag on there. You can ask us and send us any questions or any statements, or you can actually nominate resumes. yourself for a role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Submit your resumes. We're going to get a ton of resumes. Like we have any influence on who they're going to hire. But uh, I, I think that leads us into obviously thanking the frontline healthcare workers. I don't know if we often bring up teachers, but I forgot about that. The teachers oh, man, that are teachers. not doing remote school stay are dealing strong. with masked students. Yeah. Stay strong. And um, of course, military uh, and uh, you know, fire and police and, you know, kind of all the, the public services that uh, not only put themselves in harm's way, but allow us to uh, have a kind of a, a fun podcast on the side here in this land of the free and home of the brave. So uh, Blummer, I will throw it over to you. Um, and uh, we always enjoy it. You tell you say cathartic. I think actually it's going to bring me, it's going to put a smile on my face the rest of the day. I think uh, it's a little rejuvenating, I think might be a good word. This was a rejuvenating uh, podcast for us to go out there and do, maybe talk about some things we don't normally hit on, which was a lot of fun. And again, as much as we prep for this, we really have no idea. There's nobody driving this bus except uh, uh, free spirits that are, that are that that you're listening to right now or you see on the Social Notion Networks. So we greatly appreciate everybody who is in the bleachers with us. Recruit and get more people on here because we're having the time of our life. And uh, one thing that we know that everybody who listens to our podcast, we implore you to get after it. But most of all, believe it. 